You've just tuned into the Hop Cartel Podcast, a podcast for the homebrew freaks, craft beer nerds, and the serious hopheads. I'm your host, Mick. If any of those topics spike your interest, then this is the podcast for you. What do you know? Back with another episode. Surprise, surprise. In this episode, I'm going to do another Fast Five, four stouts and one hopped porter. I've had some really good feedback in regards to the Fast Five and what I probably should do next and how to switch it up and make it a little bit more interesting, but I do really appreciate the feedback that I've had. Received a few messages in regards to the Fast Five, so like I said, I've always appreciated it and it's really good to get that sort of feedback. Also in this episode, I'll talk about the up-and-coming head-to-head with Aussie Brew Pods. Aussie Brew Pods is an outfit that you'll find across Facebook and a couple other social media avenues, which is quite interesting. It's good, and I'm quite chuffed to be named again in one of their listings. Also talk about what is brewing again, a few changes on what I want to do. Also what's drinking. I've cracked or tapped a keg that I've wanted to sit there for a little while. It has been sitting under cold storage but in saying that, I'm quite interested in um, tasting it. So let's get into it. So we see this podcast being sponsored by my go-to online homebrew supplier. That is Hoppy Days Brewing Supplies out of Virginia, Queensland. Steve and the team up there at Hoppy Days are doing such a great job. They've handled the whole pandemic and um, COVID-19 um issues quite well um, they've kept their composure they've remained um, operating at, at, at a high point uh, considering as have others who are also in the same situation in, and run the same sorts of businesses I've seen it pretty much across the board where they've they've been able to hold composure um, develop and, um, and conduct themselves quite well one that stands out once again is Hoppy Days Brewing Supplies in Virginia, Queensland. They do have monthly deals going on, sales of their hops, their grain, their yeast. Some of the brewing hardware also goes up um, at discounted prices. Uh, well worth checking out if you're um, an Australian home brewer looking for someone who's very reputable, um, pretty much is on point with everything that they can be on point with. There's not much that I can say that I've been, um, well, I can't say I've been disappointed in the service that I've received from Hoppy Days Brewing Supplies. Steve joins in with my live videos. He's, he's, um, he's very um, vocal. Um, he gets involved quite, quite heavily as much as possible. He has a lot of feedback. He's got some... He's always throwing ideas, and I think um, that's what he wants to do. He's really wanting to see people push the boundaries and really start to develop things uh, works well. And I guess that comes down to recipe development and the the replies and the feedback that he gets from particular home brewers in regards to the recipe he has on the website. So you can always go over to Hoppy Days Brewing Supplies website, check out the recipe archives there. There's new ones always going up. There's some really, really good ones there, quite interesting. Um, you've got these recipes coming from development, those guys there, particularly at Hoppy Days, and a few others that have been shared in and um, obviously included in that recipe archive that are part of brew clubs up there in Queensland as well. So they're pretty big... Um, 
group of uh, home brewers up there that, that get together and uh, flick things around and they work quite well together. And once again, uh, Hoppy Days Brewing Supplies in Virginia, Queensland. So beer number one from the Fast Five. So once again, I've got four stouts and one hopped porter amongst these Fast Five. So the first one is Hawker's Stout, Melbourne-based independent beer. Comes in at 5.4% ABV, 375 mil can. It has 1.6 standard drinks. Can statement goes, our stout is enough to convince anyone to come to the dark side. Rich espresso and dark chocolate aromas are rounded out with deliciously smooth roastiness on the palate. Convinced? You should be. So it is, once again, a pretty nice, um, what I'd call, a, to, to, to me, an entry level. Um, probably a little bit heavier on those flavours for anyone who's wanting to use it as entry level. But for me, I would class it well within that um, within those ranks it has a bit of a uh, descriptor on the can um, along with that can statement uh, best served at eight degrees um, is ranks around about the number two on the hop scale out of five ranks at number five on the hop scale out of five and the yeast ranks at number two on the hop scale out of five these guys hail out of Henty Street Reservoir, Victoria, 167 Henty Street, if you want to go and check those guys out. Once again, a 5.4 um, ABV. It also comes in a bottle form. The bottle form is 330ml bottles. The cans are 375, so probably a little bit more value in the cans. Pours a beautiful tan head think coffee chocolate and roastiness on the palate it's dark it's very dark and there's no doubt about it this for me was one of those stouts that i could pick up any day of the week especially during these cooler months here in australia and um, definitely have um, a couple of them um, around the campfire or be it um, whilst watching uh, a bit of comedy on tv and on a, on a cool night while sitting in front of the fire. I'm going to rate this beer a 3.9 out of 5. Due to um, mouthfeel. So I get everything on the palate. I get everything that I'm expecting from that particular stout. But just not full enough for me to, to score it any higher than that. So that's the reasons for that score. So as mentioned in previous podcasts, and due to the fact that it's been uh, it's coming into the cooler months here in Australia, I have had plans to brew a lot of stouts myself. So we all know about through listening through the to the podcast that I'm big on the um, Rough Nut, which is my double chocolate coconut milk stout. Such a, a lovely beer. We've had different versions of it, trying to work our way through so we can get um, get it down to a, a finer point to. Um, something that resembles the, the actual flavours that I'm really, really chasing. I've almost narrowed it down. We've had some good feedback, as I've mentioned in the previous podcast. And, um, yeah, so there's lots of inspiration coming through with some of these darker beers that I'm consuming at the moment, especially the stouts. So we'll start off with the Aussie Beer Pods Head to Hedge Challenge with the Australian Beer Podcast. 
it sees a few of us going head-to-head -head throughout the year. So from my understanding, the head-to-head -head is based on a, a, uh, a numbers chart for 2020 that will reflect towards the end of the year where we will place on that chart out of so many people who contend and play along. It sees some newing up and coming, emerging podcasters going head to head, also see some veterans going head to head as well. So many of those guys have held pretty high ranks on the charts with Aussie beer pods for, for quite a while. There is some of us small time, small players who also um, do hold a bit of a title amongst those um, those bigger, better guys in the podcasting hobby. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, like I mentioned, see how that goes. Um, I'm pretty chuffed to be to be named one of those in the charts. Um, I'm happy to sort of end anywhere in it. It's all for me, it's all about the fun. There's no competition in it. Um, and I'm not I'm not out to um, um, flex muscle or whatever when it comes to that, but wherever we place, we place. Beer number two of the fast five sees me drinking the Wayward Brewing Company Midnight Barley Cowboy. It's a hopped porter, so the only porter amongst these five beers, the rest being stouts, as I mentioned, rich and smooth, and also on nitro. Nitro is a really good addition to um, some of the beers getting around at the moment. Lots of different sorts of beers have been thrown on the nitro, in, especially into cans. Um, we no longer see the widget-style nitros that we had with the... Um, with the imported beers, um, we just see nitro injections going on with these beers now. So, Wayward Brewing Company Midnight Barley Cowboy is a 375ml can, 6% ABV, 50 IBUs, 1.8 standard drinks in this beautiful looking can. So it gives us instructions on how to pour the nitro, give it a shake, invert into glass and pull aggressively. Can statement goes, black mould as dark as a soul of the beast gives this beer its deeply mahogany hue, smoky roasted aromas and smooth dry finish. The addition of aromatic US hops deliver a wallop of fresh pine and citrus that defies tradition, but hey, that's the way this cowboy rolls. I am a nitro beer, shake well and pour vigorously into a glass to enjoy me at my best. Enjoy, I definitely did. I've done a YouTube review of this particular beer um, and my thoughts would only echo as much as uh, the words I'm speaking now on that YouTube review. review. It is a absolute pearler. This beer is a seasonal release from Wayward Brewing Company. They've seen several of these come out over the years, the release of this Midnight Barley Cowboy. And um, it's changed a little bit over the course of the, the time that they've been brewing it. A lot of things have changed in particular with the way they've presented this beer. And one of those things is that um, the poetry and the, the description of this particular beer uh, it's changed in a way, so um, I'll just discuss a little bit about what I've really got from this beer before I head into discussing a little bit more about the research I've done on it. Is um, it come across everything? So the the 
the darkness, the the smoothness, and the the um, the roasty flavours that the Wayward Brewing Company's Midnight Barley Cowboy has is um, very very good. It's it's good on the palate. It coats quite well, and then you get this intense. Um, lingering bitterness that comes across with the use of those hops and and the and the um, I guess the the piney flavors and the citrus flavors that coat and um, you do actually get those citrus and piney aromas immediately hit you when you open the can uh, which is quite evident with the with the YouTube review that it's a thirst thing I've pretty much commented on was the the aroma that I got on opening the can so um, not to waste too much time I did get into pouring that one pretty much as, as, as soon as possible so that um, I didn't lose too much of that nitro and um, the the agitation that I'd put onto that beer once again it's a hoppy porter um, Pours a jet black in colour. Um, it's a nice looking can. It has a cowboy, skeleton cowboy on a dark horse with yellow eyes and he's holding a midnight barley cowboy porter in his hand. If I had to score this beer out of five, I'm putting it up there. I'm going to hit it with the four and a half out of five. Um, for what it is, a six percenter um, that's on nitro. Um, it's probably why it didn't sort of come across the palate as much as I like. Much like the Hawker Stout, I was just sort of wanting a whole lot more um, sort of um, cloy, a little bit more coating of the palate um, to make, make some of those flavours um, stay a little bit longer. The bitterness, of, as I said, does linger, um, but... A little bit more of those roasty flavours I wanted to sort of hang in there. I really savoured the use of the hops they've put into this, um, along with those roasty flavours um, that did work quite well, but didn't sort of <clears throat> hold to the palate for around about the same amount of time. So you sort of got that, that edge that wasn't quite there for me. Other than that, uh, without a doubt, a very, very nice porter. Uh, we'll definitely be revisiting that one as well. So while we're not brewing stouts, we're actually playing around with a couple of pale ales. So majority of it is Australian pale malt that I wanted to use up. There was malt that I was sort of had cracked and I'd never got around to using. I did have it planned for a heap of brews at Easter and sort of things went a little bit south in regards to the brewing going south in in mainly because of the the pandemic at the moment COVID-19 which is um, unfortunately we've hit I think a hundred um, uh, people have succumbed to the COVID-19 virus um, we're doing pretty well considering um, the 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 losses around the rest of the world so at Easter uh, with a lot of different things going on, um, was quite busy um, within our household. I just didn't get around to playing the game on bringing as many beers as I wanted to. Um, and the craft grain had been sitting a little bit too long, uh, so I needed to maybe just um, 
admit defeat and I wasn't going to get around to adding any sort of specialty grains to that um, and I just played around with um, those, um, those, those Australian pale ale malt and a touch of um, uh, rolled oats flaked oats and and a couple of um, a couple of specialty grains which I just sort of crushed um, by hand it turned out okay so I've just put another two in as a fermenter today so we have three on the go at the moment one is in the fermentation chamber the other two are just sitting on temperature controlled um, heating pads Hopefully that's enough in the cool nights we've got here for them to be happy and to start um, fermenting away. I just put them down today, so we'll see how they go. That is pretty much where we're at in regards to what's brewing apart from the planned stouts. And um, hopefully we get a good outcome with those particular beers. That brings us on to beer number three of the Fast Five. It is the Ballistic Beer Co's Mexican Hot Chocolate Stout. So this is one that I've been sitting on for a little while. I've had it since last year. It is dated 14 for the 6, 19. So that's when it was packaged. It is coming on for its, um, basically its 12 month anniversary. Um, but being up there in the 6.7%, two standard drinks, I thought I could push it out, so I wanted to see whether it gets sort of have any um, any changes considering. So I did take notes of this beer because it was one I wanted to actually brew. So I I pretty much took on as much information as I could in regards to what went into this particular beer. And the good thing about this beer from Ballistic is they list a lot of the stuff that they've used in this beer, um, a lot of information actually on the can. So it is their Mexican Mexican hot chocolate stout from Ballistic Beer Co. 6.7%, two standard drinks. No real can statement except for uh, inspired by the streets of Mexico. Well, not the actual streets, but the vibe in the streets. This milk stout is brewed with cacao nibs, lactose, chili and spices. It's dark, it's dangerous, drinkable, perfectly balanced and unexpectedly Moorish. And that it is. It's so, so Moorish. It's got lots of different things going on, but it's so well balanced. Um, the use of chilies in beers, I haven't really gone into too much. I've been doing a lot with, with meads. Uh, and I was basically told to play around with chilies in meads a lot more so that you could understand um, the heat levels and the sweetness levels, levels that are needed to balance it well in a fermented beverage. So I've learnt quite a lot from actually brewing um, using chilies in meads. So it goes on. It's 30 IBUs. EBCs are 69. Uh, final gravity was 5.5 plateaued. Malts used are ale, aurora, oats, dark crystal, chocolate, roast. Hops used are Simcoe. Yeast was USO5. And the other ingredients put into it, as I was mentioning just a couple of those before, is lactose, cacao nibs, cinnamon, nutmeg, Thai chilies, and habanero chilies. So the Thai chilies is what brung the flavour of the chilies to the party, with the habaneros bringing the bite, the spice that, I was, um, that you would expect from these sorts of beers. It works well to have a couple of different ones in there, so your, your bird's eyes, your Thai, your Indian bird's eyes and um, 
Yeah, Abenero chilies uh, definitely balance quite well. So the use of two different chilies in there to help bring the flavour across and the other one being for, for the bite is something that I haven't done in meads because it's not really called for. In a, with a mead, you get that flavour and you get that bite, um, but not simultaneously with a mead. You get, you get one and then you get the other. Um, that's pretty much how a lot of my meads are working. That's the way they've been explained and described to me. My research shows that it's pretty much the same across the board for most of those. Such a such a nice beer. Hence why I wanted to look into to actually making it. Um, I'm still on the cards with actually making that particular beer. Um, it is pretty well priced for what it was, and I think I um, a, a, a four pack. I think I paid around about twenty four dollars for. So that's not too bad at all. So it says, as I mentioned, inspired by the streets of Mexico and pretty much the vibe that you get within those, um, that place, uh, you know, that, obviously that part of the world. It is a very, very nice beer and something that I, I do want to, um, I do want to brew. So I'll actually talk a little bit about something that I tried also um, because of this beer, I actually went on to the web and I looked up a couple of the Mexican hot chocolate recipes. It's a long process if you want to do it right. Um, the one that I found pretty much the best and, and what I like to look at the most was one that I found on um, on foodnetwork.com. The very lovely Sandra Lee, courtesy of Sandra Lee, the Mexican hot chocolate recipe. So if you want to go and check that out, head over to foodnetwork.com and check out Sandra Lee's recipe for the basic Mexican hot chocolate. Uses evaporated milk, um, ground cinnamon, vanilla extract, ground nutmeg, um, cayenne peppers and um, it calls for some of our favourites, the Hershey chocolate, so the semi-sweet chocolate chips also recommended for that. It does take around about 2 hours and 20 minutes preparation time is 10 minutes but it, it does take a while to actually um to 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 well to cook it so get it prepared and get it finished is around about two hours and 20 minutes definitely something to play around with this one i'm sitting right up i'm gonna put it at the 4.7 out of 5 because it has a lot a lot of ingredients in there that i like and the fact that these guys have listed the ingredients on what goes into this particular beer. They haven't given the weights like a lot of them don't. We spoke about Brewdog being that um, they're quite generous with the recipes they share. They just don't share the amounts and weights and stuff that go into it. Um, times and schedules, um, certainly not part of what they share as well. But to share enough for a starter um, is really good. And I like the fact that when Nomad shared a little bit of info about their Powder Day Milk Stout so I could go on and brew my Rough Nut, then um, that's what um, that's what makes it um, these particular breweries score a little bit higher. They gain points, especially from me, because of that reason. Um, can be a little bit lacking with what the contents is, but for that beer, definitely not. Uh, yeah, 4.7 out of 5. Haven't really got that much more to say about that beer, to be honest. The fact that I just... I really, really like it. 
So back to the topic of the pale ales that I'm brewing and the other reason for doing it is to try and showcase an experiment with a, a couple of the hops that I've got um, currently on board. So the Sultana, formerly known as Denali, is also an experimental hop. Lemon Drop, also a little bit, I guess, considered experimental. Not a lot of people have been using it. Cooper's Brewing Company used it in their XPA. There may be a couple of others that have played around with Lemon Drop. As the name suggests, Lemon Drop being predominantly lemon and citrusy piff flavours uh, could be really nice in a lighter style pale ale. And we're going to try out some of the debittered citra. So debittered citra is the byproduct or basically what's left over from CO2 extracted hop products. So that'll be quite interesting as well. Use them in around about 2015, debittered hops, um, and it was of the citrative variety as well. Uh, used it as a normal hop throughout the brew. Uh, wasn't really fussed on it, wasn't really um, interested in what I got from those particular hops. Uh, since doing the research and, and some of the other bigger sort of um, commercial brewers and, and others like that, some of the YouTube sensations um, that have been doing them, playing around with them, had some really good outcomes with it. So they're talking about not using it anywhere before um, hop stand and then everything after hop stand sort of dry hopping more towards the end of the dry hopping so big blasts sort of high crowds and and three days before the end of fermentation seems to be where the sweet point is for those debittered hops so we'll give that a go and see how that goes using some lighter style grain as i mentioned the australian pale ale malt with a few um, specialty malts thrown into those three brews um, like a medium crystal we have um, um, an amber malt used as well and um, some some uh, rolled oats as well try and get some of the hazy sort of creamier sort of things coming along predominantly it's the lemon drop one that I wanted to use the the bigger amount of oats in it so that we can sort of get that hazy sort of creamy uh, thing going on uh, really like to incorporate like a lemon curd or lemon meringue pie sort of um, vibe going on in a in a lot of style beer another good reason for doing this is to try and get some of these um, lighter styles prepared and experimented and worked on before the warmer months last season in the warmer months, it's seen me with a few of the really nice IPAs and heavy pale ales, very hop forward pale ales, big ABV sort of things that didn't really suit, um, particularly personally myself, because of the the um, the temperatures that we were sort of going through at that time of the year. Not a beer. I don't want to be drinking stuff that's six and a half, seven, seven and a half to eight percent. Um, in those 40 35 to 40 degrees sometimes we're hitting 45 degrees a little bit higher than that some days uh, not really uh, you know it's basically a couple of beers and then you're off to sleep so let's um gives us an opportunity to to play around with some some lighter styles and just sort of head into the smaller abv sort of things uh be these ones i want to drink the bigger ABV ones 
uh, once they're ready through winter. So I've not toned them down, but I can always scale back these recipes uh, once I know exactly what um, these hops are going to do in these particular brews. So it'll be good. A couple of keg fillers to get stuff out of the way and also a little bit of experimentation and preparation for the warmer months here in Australia. Beer number four of the Fast Five. We have an oatmeal stout from Ocean Reach Brewing Company. So Ocean Reach is um, pretty new on the scene here and they've been pumping up some real perlers. Their uh, red IPA was... Um, a banger for me I put it up there with some of the best or one of the best I've had so far in the tail end of 2019 and start of 2020 so this one is their oatmeal stout 375 mil can 7.9% ABV 2.3 standard drinks these guys hail out of one of number 13 sorry 1 slash 13 Harvey Drive cows can statement goes winter needs a warm hearty stout which is why we brewed a limited edition 7.9 percent monster with enough oats to fill two local supermarkets it's so chocolatey and silky smooth that you'll want it to be winter all year long and um, that's a pretty pretty um, bold statement uh, it's a big call but this beer did actually perform to that statement so it's rich it's very silky uh, we're seeing a 7.9% oatmeal stout, which is not really common to that style. I've seen some up there around those um, percentages, but they're generally around about the um, the fives. And a 7.9 with the amount of silkiness and chocolate and the smoothness that this beer has um, really, really satisfied. Um, my palate and um, was so well hidden at 7.9%. Um, I, I was I couldn't find it anywhere in this whole can. Um, not until the can was finished that I realised. Uh, yeah, that 7.9% is definitely in there. 2.3 standard drinks and the fact that it went down so easy it's dangerous it is dangerously smooth it's dangerously delicious and um, it's so hard for beers like this to be consumed slowly and savoured due to the fact that they just taste so so nice this beer I'm going to put up there same here we're talking 4.6 4.7 a really good nudge there at the 4.7 out of 5 because um, it's just it's so well worth it. The chocolate really, really stands out in this beer. It is basically like drinking liquid milk chocolate. The silkiness really, really drives this beer um, with that amount of chocolate. And the, the oatmeal just works so well um, in a stout that it's becoming... A very very highly favoured style of stout so many people uh, uh, they bang on about oatmeal stouts it is a heavily brewed home brewed stout oatmeal stout is becoming very very popular amongst the home brewers very easy style to to um, to brew to pull off and it works so well with other elements other types of things that you might want to use in these types of beers like your coconuts and um, um, chocolate and apricot 
the silkiness just balance helps balance out so much when the the amount you know the, the oatmeal oatmeal goes into these particular um these particular styles of beer very very nice definitely a beer worth revisiting um they've had, they've had a couple of misses particularly um with their new england ipa for me um ocean reaches has got some good ones out there so the others i've um a couple of others I've yet to um, purchase and enjoy, but from what I've had, one has missed the mark um, and missed the mark in a big way. But um, they do collect themselves and regain their composure with the outfit of things like this oatmeal stout and their red IPA. Beer number five of the Fast Five, and it's actually the number one beer. Like most of the Fast Fives, the beer that comes to the end is the one that generally finishes in the number one position. So this brewery has also quickly became my favourite for 2020. These guys are pumping out a lot, a lot of beers at the moment in lots of different varieties. They've held themselves quite well during this pandemic that's currently going on. COVID-19 has really drilled a lot of businesses, but these guys have really held their composure they've worked quite well and pulled a lot of different things together to get it out there and continue on and um, hold their position within the market so Dayton Brewery it is their Black Forest Russian Imperial Stout 10% ABV 355 mil can for everyone that listens into the podcast know that that's my only gripe when it comes to Dayton's is the fact that they 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 package in 355 mil cans Package on the 29th for the 420, best before the 29th for the 422. So that sees us being able to, as consumers, age this particular beer. Um, they've found through recent research lately and some studies of packaged canned beers that they do actually perform quite well and they do change a little bit in regards to being canned um, aged. So Giving it a two-year life is pretty much the norm for a beer of this ABV uh, and the style, the, the sweetness and the heaviness of this particular style really, really allows the the um, the ageing of that, that beer. Um, and for a timeline of two years, I would probably say go a little bit further than two years with this particular beer would work quite well. These guys hail out of Carrum Downs, 560 Frankston slash Dandenong Road, Victoria. They believe in freedom of choice, that everyone is the right to stand apart, to different to be themselves. We craft innovative beer for those that choose their own path. Drink different. It has 2.8 standard drinks, big ass, 10% ABV. Russian Imperial Stout, Black Forest. This is the only Black Forest beer that I've had that actually reminds me of a liquidified Black Forest cake. The depth of the flavours that are going on within this beer just balance so well. The the sweetness, the mellowing of the, the roast comes across, allows that sweetness to make it more of a dessert style but lets you know that there's actually a beer in here. The 10% 10, 10 ABV um, actually does remain hidden quite well. There is a, a depth of alcohol 
to this particular beer, but it is hiding that 10% quite well. So the can statement goes, in the darkness of the mind, you find not time or light. You, yet despite the fright of finding you, your knowing of yourself is not true. Drink and dance, the abyss beckons, the sweet romance of elusive weapon. Your mind, your mind, you find there is no time. In the black forest you must reside. So that sort of statement does paint a bit of a picture about this particular beer. And the can art is quite interesting as well. So it's, it's a very dark scene. It's obviously within the black forest. And there is all sorts of ghoulies and ghosts and, and bright-eyed critters um, hiding themselves amongst that, um, that black forest. Such a such a, a balanced beer, the depth, and as I mentioned, the flavours that carry across the palate, and they just dance. And um, the first sip is you're immediately drawn in. Is another beer where I struggle to sort of be able to compose and and slowly consume because it is a very easy drinking beer. Um, I wouldn't say to the point it's it's smashable. Um, I could have easily smashed it, um, like many other people could, but it would soon catch up with you a little bit later, um, like those ghoulies in the Black Forest. Dayton's really, really have, as I mentioned, they've just kept such composure and they've not really rushed too much so they haven't muddled too many things in trying to make sure that they keep their business alive um, big big ups and big big fist pumps to Dayton's Brewery I'm going to rate this one out of 5 I'm going to give it a 4.8 out of 5 if I could give it that extra 2 points you know what it would be about. I've explained it before with their particular beers. It's the amount of contents that comes in these cans. 355 mils. I'm going to drop them the full two points um, to the five on that one just because I do want to get 375 mils um, is basically, especially at the price that this particular beer was and at 10%. I want the whole 375 mil of my 10% and this beer I need that 375 mil can otherwise I've got to buy two I'd buy two anyway but that's just um, that's a, just a reflection of the type of beer it is definitely definitely go out and grab yourself the Black Forest Russian Imperial Stout give it a go message me email me whatever it might be and um, you tell me your thoughts on this particular beer. I'm calling it a very, very close um, competition with the Mountain Culture Russian Imperial Stout. It also has the same ABV. You can also catch that on a previous podcast in one of the Fast Fives. Thanks for tuning in. Much appreciated. Once again, um, share it around. Get involved be a part of the Hop Cartel podcast. 
Well, that rounds out this episode of the Hop Cartel Podcast. Cheers for tuning in. We'll just get the social medias out the way now. So if you want to follow the Hop Cartel on Instagram, simply search the underscore hop underscore cartel for that handle. In the bio, you'll also find another handle, my underscore hopologies. That being my other handle, my underscore hopologies. For Facebook, if you want to follow the Hop Cartel, simply search the Hop Cartel through Facebook. We also have an ambassadors page called the Hop Cartel Ambassadors. That is for the sharing of everyone who gets involved with the Hop Cartel. That is their avenue for anything in particular they might want to share or ask questions or uh, sort of anything in relation to hops, craft beer and home brewing. Also have the Crafty Beer Alert. The Crafty Beer Alert is a dedicated page for any brewery bottle shop, establishment, pub, club, uh, who was doing deals, discounts, and uh, promotionals and giveaways. Uh, That page is dedicated for those sorts of things. We also have the Aussie Craft Beer Collective. Aussie Craft Beer Collective is a page that's dedicated to all things beer review. So if you're enjoying and and drinking a beer and you want to review it, that's the page to head to in regards to beer reviews. That leads us to the... YouTube channel. So you can go and follow the Hop Cartel on YouTube by simply Googling or searching through the search bar of YouTube to find the Hop Cartel. There's a variety of videos that are uh, on that channel in regards to craft beer reviews, home brewing and hop growing. Um, lots of different sort of content within that. We're only really just getting started. We don't have a lot of followers so we hope from, we can get a lot more followers to get that channel absolutely pumping along once again cheers for tuning in much appreciated catch you on the next one